It's 10 a.m., which means it's time for Utah Car Sense with Jeff Miller and Austin Horton. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah, good morning. Welcome on in. Happy Saturday. Uh, beautiful sunny morning it is quickly turning overcast, and I'm sure the snow is about to fly. I am Austin Horton, riding shotgun once again with Mark Miller Subaru. And Jeff Miller's out today, but happy and thrilled to be reconnected with my good friend, Mr. George Roska, who's joining us via Zoom this morning. Hi, George. How are you, sir? Hey, Austin. I'm doing awesome. How are you? Doing fine, doing fine. I've talked about it before, but in case our audience hasn't heard, I, I did unfortunately contract COVID through uh, my, my two-year-old. <laughs> and uh, But we made it. We're fine. We're good. Just some lingering things like cough and, and other things I don't need to share. But I am negative as of Thursday and back in the saddle. And I have honestly, I've missed this show. Uh, I don't need to play favorites because other people might be listening, but I've missed this show the most. So uh, <laughs> I'm so happy to be back. How did you guys get by without it? Oh, we missed it a lot too, Austin. <laughs> but the most important thing is I'm glad you and the family are okay. Um, crazy that, you know, um, you, you got it from your two-year-old. I was I was hearing a lot that, uh, you know, kids don't transmit it that much, but yeah. who knows? I mean, it's, it's it's all possible, but I'm glad you and the family are doing okay, and that uh, did you weather it okay, or were you pretty sick at one point? You know, so the the our daughter, she uh, was about two and a half days, and that it was over. It was gone, and she was just fine and back to normal, and uh, I never, you know, I never had a fever, not once. But I had extreme fatigue, extreme uh, hard hard to breathe at times. Uh, never had to. I did check my oxygen constantly, but it was the cough and the congestion and the 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 headaches were just crippling. The big the worst part though for me, George, and for my wife, was that our two year old. And we're grateful that it happened this way. But the worst part was that she only it only lasted two and a half days for her. And then it took me and my wife about two weeks to recover because she was full go. And we had to keep up with her. And, you know, she doesn't bathe herself. She doesn't dress herself. She doesn't clean her. She doesn't eat uh, and cook. She has to constantly be watched and taken care of. And so we had to do that while still trying to battle this uh, novel illness. And so... I, I think yeah, if a lot we, of people don't think of that, but uh, you still got kids at home, and it's not like you can have people coming and going to come help you. You're you're having to quarantine. Exactly, and it, it so happened that our babysitter unit, uh, they they contracted it as well, and so there was nowhere to send her, and so we we did a lot of uh, afternoon napping while she napped, and we did a lot of uh, plopping her down in front of uh, babysitter television. And closing our eyes uh, on the couch next to her. So, but honestly, so many people out there have and do have it so much worse than we did. So we're grateful, and a uh, tip of the cap and a, a heartfelt uh, thank you to the the guys that here at the zone that filled in for me and, and took care of things. Two of which are producing for us today: Eric Jensen and Brian Priest. Now, uh, maybe we'll get uh, their their tale of what went down without me here. But one of them had experience doing the big show. The other had never been in the building before, and he had to produce the big show that day. And so they, they did a fine job, and I appreciate them letting me stay home and get better. But, George, I'm excited to be back with you, and I'm excited to run some stories and, and things by you, and especially our listeners. And, in fact, our phone number is 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE to be part of the show. And just a heads up to the producers, I had to switch computers, and this computer does not have a phone screener on it. So that's up to you today, uh, which you do a great job all the time anyway. But I won't be able to see the names. You'll have to put it in my ear. Uh, and my question, my poll question, but, of course, you can call in and talk about anything, ask a question about anything of George. Uh, I'll give you my answer, which will be wrong. George will then fix the answer because he's, you know, in the industry. Uh, but the poll question this week, I, I, I was thinking a lot about my grandpa and grandma uh, th these last couple of weeks because uh, my, my grandpa, who 
was a car guy and loved cars. He worked at Kennecott for forever and retired from Kennecott. He drove dump truck for him and, and, and was a big rig guy and always liked big trucks and big trailers. And, but he also really, really, really loved Buick. And they went through Buick uh, after Buick because that's all he wanted. He felt like he was flying on an airplane down the freeway in his Buicks. And so, George, I wanted to ask the listener, and you obviously, when you think of your grandparents, what car comes to mind? Was there was there a trip you made with your grandparents? Was there a, a, even down to was there a certain air freshener that your grandparents had in their car? What car reminds you of your grandparents? Eight five five three four zero zone. Now, George, I don't know your your background. You're from Romania, I believe. You're born in Romania, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm born in Romania, and uh, you know, I came here when I was pretty young. But uh, you know, my parents uh, uh, obviously born there, raised there. My grandparents Romanian, and uh, you might not know this car, but it, it's actually a pretty. It's got a pretty cool cult following, and I do wish we would have kept it in the family. Mm. Um, my grandpa, when when I was young, had a Trabant. And uh, for, for those that don't know, it was an East German car uh, because it was the only cars you could really get in Romania was because it was part of the Soviet bloc. Um, you couldn't get, you know, Western cars. And it, it wasn't made out of metal. It was kind of like a compressed cardboard. And wow. It was terrible. It wasn't very safe at all. It, it had a small, I think, like two-cylinder engine. But, you know, my grandparents went everywhere in that car. They traveled through all of Eastern Europe, through Hungary, Czech Republic, East Germany. I mean, they, they had so many adventures that they tell me in that car and, and old pictures and stuff. I, I really wish we, we still had it. But it was an awful car made by communists that was terrible to drive. <laughs> but they, they go for quite a bit of money these days if they're in a nice working order and restored. I have never heard the name Trabant before. But I did a quick uh, search here, and you're right. It was the outer frame or the outer body was was made of duroplast, which is similar to fiberglass, what it says here, but not as strong as fiberglass. So you you said it was like a compressed <laughs> a compressed cardboard. That sounds about right, actually. If I, if I'm uh, putting this together, uh, what, how, what? I yeah, guess it's kind of what they had left over, you know. And they just smashed it together and made a car out of it. Craziness. Uh, <laughs> but I'm looking at It's not much to look at, uh, honestly, but that's why I love the answer. It's It reminds you of your grandparents. And so even if it's the ugliest, smallest car made of compressed cardboard, it's it, you love it because you have memories and you think of your grandpa and grandma. And that that's why I love – I hope we get a lot of answers like that today, George. I don't want anyone to call in and say, well, I, I, I mean, you're welcome to, but I, I, I'm more looking for the opposite of this call where someone calls in and says, my grandfather and Jay Leno are best friends and they share every car that he owns. You know, I, I, wanted, I want the Trabants to call in today. No, I, I love it. And they were made throughout the 90s, I think. And, you know, you can, you can probably still find them. Um, they were kind of, you know, the people's car answer to the Volkswagen Beetle for the for the communist block. But yeah, it was. I remember my my grandpa. You know, he would he would run it because gas was hard to find at times. You know, they were rationing gas, and he was basically running this thing on pure ethanol. And uh, I mean, the smoke that would come out of the back, and you know, you'd have to push start it, and he'd run it. He'd, he'd let it idle downhill to save gas, and. I mean, just so many cool stories that I remember. And, uh, yeah, I would love to, to get my hands on one of these and restore it. Well, there's our, fo- our uh, poll question today, 855-340-ZONE. If you'd like to participate, you can uh, call in and share with us a car that makes you think of your grandparents, a car they drove, a car they wanted. Uh, I even, my, my grandma on my mom's side of the family, she always had some kind of cherry uh, uh, air freshener in her cars. So whenever I smell cherry, I think of her. So let us know eight five five three four zero zone to be part of the show today, George. Before we dive into some news and notes and stories uh, from the world of cars and the the auto industry, since it's been a while since you and I have talked, how are things going at the uh, Mark Miller Subaru Midtown store? And what do you know about the Southtown store? How are things in general at Mark Miller Subaru? 
Um, overall, we are just plugging away. Um, nothing's really changed over the last couple months. Um, I think the last show we did together was like early January. It's been a while. Um, but uh, no, everything's great. We've got great interest rates out there. Inventory is still good. Um, I know there's been a lot of chatter out there in the industry about maybe some production shortages. Um, I think we talked about it maybe a little bit briefly on our last show, um, just about the semiconductor shortages that's affecting not only the car industry, but the electronics industry and everything really that needs semiconductors these days. They are all just in short supply and spoken for. Um, but right now we, we're, we've got good inventory, new and pre-owned. Um, there's still 0% out there on some models. So if you've been in the market and uh, thinking about a new car, come pay us a visit. It's a good time still to, to look at one. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was uh, ha I had a conversation, or rather, I didn't have a conversation, but I saw a friend who lives in on the East Coast is moving to, uh, well, I think it's Oregon, where they're moving to. And they have been driving a, a, a little two-door coupe, you know, front-wheel drive thing, and they want to upgrade to something that will match better the climate and the terrain of the West Coast and the the, the uh, mountain time zone here. And so they were uh, asking Facebook friends for suggestions. And I'm ashamed that I didn't see it in time before they had made their decision. But I'm happy that they decided on the car they decided on. It was a Subaru Forester. Uh, and I, I can't think that's what my wife and I are driving right now. We leased that from you guys. And I, I love that for so many reasons. It can go over all kinds of different terrain, but the all-wheel drive feature is a must-have in this uh, temp, in this uh, terrain and climate that we're out here in Salt Lake City and the Valley. So I, I think that people that are in the market owe it to themselves to come down and check out what you guys have at Mark Miller Subaru because on top of all of the selection that the that you can't go wrong with, the Promise Price program takes the the auto industry and turns it on its head because it's not a stressful thing it's a fun thing i don't know if i talk about this enough uh and i'm not told to talk about it i just truly believe that the best time i've ever had buying a car was the two times i leased with you guys because there was no worry that i was getting schnookered there was no fear that i was making a wrong decision if i wanted to do something that uh, the financial person there, Mark Miller Subaru, thought was maybe not the best idea, they'd stop me and say, now consider this, do what you need to do, do what you think is best for your family, but just from my side of the table, in my experience, I've seen this go this way, maybe you want to buy this extra maintenance package, up to you. And I, I just had a fun, fun experience, and that's what buying a car should be. It should be fun. It shouldn't be stressful. It shouldn't take you a day and a half. It shouldn't take you, uh, you know, uh, bartering like your Rumpelstiltskin to get uh, the best deal for you and your family. So just you owe it to yourself to at least go check out what George and the people at Mark Miller Subaru have for you. Oh, thanks, Austin. I appreciate that. And it's almost like you've been listening to my sales meetings in the morning. It's uh, it's really, really all I <laughs> preach. It's It's about the process. It's about the experience. It's about how we do things right and how we treat people. And um, we've, we've gone away from negotiating and then all the old card tricks and all that. It, it, people don't have time for it anymore. We don't have time for it. We want to get straight to the point. What can we help you accomplish today? What kind of car are you looking for? What are the problems that are currently in your life with your, with your car and how can we help solve that? And you, know, you touched on it earlier, the all wheel drive. I mean, gosh, how many people were out stranded and stuck on the roads during this last storm over the last week? Mm. I probably spotted 20 or 30 cars just coming down State Street that were having a hard time, um, you know, pulling in and out of driveways and things like that. And and, and that's not fun when you're trying to go about your, your life and, and get your business done. Um, you, you want a car that, like you said, it's the terrain that you're driving, the climate that you're in. And I think the Forester, really any Subaru, but the Forester in particular is just that perfect sweet spot. For, for Salt Lake and the West here. It's capable, it's big, um, but not too big to where, you know, it's, it's hard to drive and park. Um, it's just, I'm glad you love yours. Um, I'm thinking about the Forester for my next car. I know that. He's George Roska, General Sales Manager of the Midtown location for Mark Miller Subaru, 3535 South State. Taking your phone calls up until noon today, 855-340-ZONE. We'll get into some news and notes from the auto world, but we do have our first call today, George. 
Our poll question, if you'd like to play along, is name a car that reminds you of your grandparents, 855-340-ZONE, or you can talk about anything you'd like to. And our first caller today is Bruce. Good morning, Bruce. Hey, Bruce. Good morning, Austin. Thanks for calling in. Good to hear from you, buddy. How, how are you? Oh, I've, I've got some very fond memories of some cars that my dad and my grandpa had. Well, hit us with them. Well, my favorite story is my dad beat Ken Garf's kid in a race <laughs> in this beater Studebaker. Okay. This happened in – I've asked multiple people about this story. My dad grew up in the 50s. He had like a 57 Studebaker. All right. And it was kind of bondoed, looked like a beater car, but he'd put this monster engine in it. So they were driving an American Fork and pulled up to a light, and apparently Ken Garf's kid was next to him at the light. They started trash-talking. <laughs> and they said, okay, well, I'll meet you on Saturday. There was airport number two, I guess, sure. that had an airport strip they'd use for drag racing. <laughs> so Ken Garf's kid shows up with this gullwing Mercedes and, like, guys in lab coats. And Dad rolls up. <laughs> In this bondoed, you know, junker-looking Studebaker with a sort of bullet nose, and they they got to the start line, and Dad just smoked him. He said, <laughs> "I hit the finish line," and he was maybe halfway down the track because <laughs> it, it looked slow and heavy, but he had souped up the engine, huh? Exactly. <laughs> Everything was in the engine. Nothing was in the body, and. Uh, I just love that story. There's a show on Netflix or something about those these types of cars. I forget what they call it, but it's like fastest car, huh. where they'll have these people that, that have these sort of beater cars that they've put everything under the hood, and you would never know it to look at them. Now, I, I'd like to have, and the Garf Garfs are wonderful people and a great family. I'd Absolutely, like to, totally. I'd like to have them on to share their perspective on the story and how they tell that story at parties. You know. I know. I, I <laughs> wanted to hear their side of the story to see if it's, they even admit that that happened or if they've got, okay, no, there was some guy, you know, that ran his mouth. Yeah, so I don't know. But I've asked a number of people in my dad's circle of friends that seem like fairly straight shooters. And uh, sure. they say, oh, yeah, it's just. But so this, 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 sounds, story. this sounds more like a friendly uh, showdown than like racing for a pink slip in Fast and the Furious, right? It, it, this was more exactly, of a. Yeah. yeah, no pink slips involved, but there was a, <laughs> you know, a little bit of bragging, right? Absolutely. Da and those things, you know, I've never, uh, George, I don't know about you, I've never uh, had A, the guts to do something like that, and B, I've never had the opportunity to pull up next to someone on State Street and rev the engines and say, you want to do this. I've never, it's ne but though it's, it seems like that happened a lot more back in the day. George, have you ever drag raced with anybody down State Street? Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to admit too much here, but I've, I've had a couple, uh, <laughs> I've had a couple run-ins where, where I've revved my engine, let's say at a stoplight <laughs> and, uh, maybe took off a little faster than, than the speed limit. Oh, but, that's uh, no, I think you're right. It probably happened a lot more back in the day than, than it does now. And uh, I remember when they put in that, like, I think they called the anti-cruising law or something back in, like, 2000, where you couldn't go yeah. race up and down State Street. And I think that kind of killed it for everybody. But now that's a great story. Talk about the ultimate sleeper car. And uh, I can just imagine the Garfs, uh, you know, the next day in the shop throwing everything they can at that uh, at that Mercedes to see what they can, you know, speed, speed it up a little bit. But, yeah, I'd love it if, if anyone's listening. If they have uh, the other story, call in. We'd love to hear it. <laughs> Thanks, Bruce. Have a good day, buddy. There's Bruce. 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE. Also, uh, I've, I'm not uh, advocating advocating for drag racing, especially in these, these days and times, George. I, I have, I've stopped looking at other drivers. I've stopped honking my horn. I've stopped uh, <laughs> I, I keep my hand at the awesome. three and nine because I don't want anyone – out there to think I'm I, I'm saying hello in a way I don't intend to say hello and somehow I end up in a ditch. I don't want that to be happening. No, it's funny. It's funny you say that. Yesterday I was driving to work and uh, I can see this guy in this Nissan 
just pulling up behind me and just like, you know, driving the exact same speed as you. And I'm like kind of looking over, but I don't want to make eye contact. And yeah. I see that he finally just pulls off to the left. And then I get a text message from one of my old buddies. And it's like, dude, you really, you don't even say <laughs> hi anymore. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I felt, so I felt bad, but I get what you're saying. You don't even like want to look good, you know, make eye contact these days. Cause you don't know what you're going to get. You see a report every other week in the news about road rage and the, and the like. So just, you know, but it is there's something uh, in in the eye of memory of time that, as Bruce was telling that story, I was thinking of the movie Out the Outsiders, uh, a little bit and how that that kind of climate where, it, it, now the Outsiders was a little more you know actual turf war, but I, I'm thinking you know the rolled up sleeves the. The, the, the jeans, the way they wear, the slick back hair, and just cruising down State Street looking for a race. Just a good old-fashioned yep. race. That's what I was thinking there. But 855-340-ZONE if you'd like to be part of the show today. 855-340-ZONE. Get back out to the phone lines. We're going to talk with Jeff. Good morning, Jeff. Thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. Sorry, we missed you there for a second, but uh, oh. you're on now. I said thank you for having me on this morning, Austin. I appreciate oh, it. Thanks for calling in. What do you got for us? Well, I always remember this because when I met my wife until the day her grandparents died, they had this 1978 Mercedes-Benz diesel non-turbo, and they were so proud of that vehicle. And they kept it immaculately. But I remember riding along with them and feeling like it took forever to get up to speed. And as soon as you did, it slowed down. So it was a non-turbo diesel. But it got really good fuel mileage, as Grandpa would explain. It's a really nice car. It's just not that fast. <laughs> and that's one thing I always remember is like waiting for that, that non-turbo diesel to wind up. <laughs> you get up on the freeway, it take you about two miles to get to 55. <laughs> that's just, that sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, but I think it had a zero to 60 time of like 120 seconds. <laughs> yeah, like 120 seconds or longer. And then you'd and hit a stoplight and like have to start forever. all over. Yeah, exactly. Oh, don't even say that. If, if, if it had ramp metering back then, it would have been all over. You, you'd be getting on the freeway at 25. <laughs> you'd just be rolling be backwards. Back bumper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just one of those memories you, you're going to have the rest of your life is how long and how much my life it took to get up to 55 miles an hour. That's great. That's And tell us again the name of the car. What was it? It was a, it was a 78 or a 79 Mercedes-Benz diesel. Okay. All right. So a heavy, heavy car for sure. A he- heavy car for sure. In, immaculate condition and beautiful. Just And it rode really nice. It was very comfortable. Just took forever to get somewhere, it felt like. Absolutely. Great story. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for calling in. <laughs> I thanks appreciate for listening. you guys. Thank you. That's how you do it. 855-340-ZONE. And it's I remember my grandparents uh, driving, and my grandpa had the tendency, George, to look at the mountains and look at the airplanes and look at the, the trees on the side of the road and Grandma on, the, on his right saying, ah, look at the road, look at the road, look at the road. And we weren't necessarily driving slow because the car was a slow car. because Grandpa was more sightseeing on the freeway. Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, that's why they put in the minimum speed limit on the freeway was because of uh, Grandpa. <laughs> exactly. Eight five five three four zero zone. If you'd like to be part of the show, eight five five three four zero zone. Question, comment, story, whatever you got. Our poll question this week: Cars that remind you of your grandparents. We'll take our first break. We'll come back on the other side and talk about something the uh, Utah Highway Patrol is uh, doing out there. Speaking of minimum speed limits. And we need to talk about some of the legislative proposals and moves here in Utah on how uh, that involves uh, the Department of Transportation and applies here on the show. He's George Roska. I'm Austin Horton. We'll be right back here on Utah Carson. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back. Welcome back, Utah Carsons. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru. I am Austin Horton. George Roska here with me today, general sales manager of the Midtown Store. Visit them at 3535 South State. You can also uh, go to the Southtown Store in the Auto Mall 
uh, and, and uh, just look for it's right there on uh, State Street. Uh, there's the Automall uh, Drive sign, and that's where you see Mark Miller Subaru, just right there on the south end of that sign on State Street. George, we've got a lot to talk about today. We're still taking phone calls on the poll question of the day or any other question, comment, or story that people want to talk with us about. 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE. What cars remind you of your grandparents is the question of the day. But I want to talk to you right now, George, about the newest uh, member of the Kia family. Have you have you seen what they've decided to name the vehicle they say is going to replace the Sedona? Uh, you know, I don't think I have. I haven't heard of this one. Uh, so uh, in 2020, Kia's midsize sedan, the Optima, was rebranded the K5 to match the name marketed elsewhere. But in 2022, or the 2022 model, the Sedona will no longer be called the Kia Sedona. It will be called the Kia Carnival. The Carnival. I don't know about that. Now, I, they, I think they're pronouncing it Carnival, of course. But Fancy. It's spelled Carnival. <laughs> you know, <laughs> people are going to call it Carnival. And all I can think of when I, when I think of a, a minivan with the words Carnival on it is a clown showing up uh, as a high, uh, hired entertainment at a kid's birthday party. Uh, that, that's, a, that's a car that uh, a clown should drive, a car named Carnival. Not... Yeah, could you imagine if you're, if you're afraid of clowns or your kids are afraid of clowns? No, I don't <laughs> want to go in the Carnival. <laughs> I just, it's such a weird decision. And I, I know that there's a lot of research and development and, and uh, a lot of thumb wrestling, as it were, and, and mind-bending over what to name the next vehicle. And I, I wonder if this is a case where they thought about it too long. Therefore, they made a bad decision. I mean, th their other names aren't that inspiring to me, the Telluride, the Sorrento, but it's better than Carnival. It's just a silly name. Yeah, maybe it uh, pulled a little bit better outside the U.S. And, uh, you know, they just decided to simplify it and make it, uh, make it the same name. But, yeah, I'm not a big fan, but Kia is kind of known for their weird model names. Not, not just model names, but, like, trim levels, too. You get the... The exclaim and the plus and the you know the question mark and it's just some weird. Whenever you're praising a Kia, it's like, what car is this? What model am I looking at? You know, it's kind of. But but they 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 make good cars and uh, you know I'm sure the Carnival will be a good minivan for um, for those who buy it. It's just a funny name. Uh, what what are some other bad car names like the Ford Probe? Uh, always comes up. The Ford Escort was always a weird one for me. Yeah, there's been some some weird one. The even the Buick, the Buick Lacrosse. Like I was never a fan of that one. Um, why didn't Why like didn't the, you like that one? Just because it's a sport. It's lacrosse. Like <laughs> they're. I don't know. What are you lacrossing? <laughs> you know. The Honda the, the Fit. Mazda Bongo, and then they had some oh, weird the, ones. You know, the, the, the Mitsubishi Charisma. Like it's gonna give you charisma by driving the car. <laughs> The Bongo. I had forgotten about the Mazda Bongo. I always wanted a Mazda Bongo, though, because wasn't that the, the van that had, like, the tent uh, that would pop up on the roof? Oh, I think that that was the, I think that one was the Mazda, but then what about the Pontiac Aztec? That one was uh, was a horrible car, too, with with a tent on the back. Yep, uh, all I think of with that is Breaking Bad, when I think of, uh... <laughs> but hey, hey, to yep. be fair, the Subaru Brat was a weird name. Yeah, but that actually, that stood for something. It was an acronym. You it know? was, but nobody really knew that. By drive recreational all-terrain transporter. Come on. Transporter. <laughs> That's the best part <laughs> of that name. They're like, okay, we need, we've got BRA. What's a word that, that includes BRA? T. Yeah, we can't T. call it the bra. <laughs> we got, we got to call it something else. Can't call it a. Just imagine that meeting. A brack or a bra. Yeah, it's got to be, oh, a brat, a transporter. Yeah, no, that sounds like something from a science, a science fiction movie. The transporter. The Hummer. Yeah. I don't, I never liked the Hummer. Anyway. We're getting into the weeds a little, but the Carnival will be the next minivan from Kia. So party, 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 party. Party hey, at the Carnival. We, <laughs> we've got a lot of legislation news up here on the Hill from January that we didn't get to talk about, including something that we've discussed several times here on the show, George. 
The, and how long has it been? Do you remember since they removed the required safety check from your vehicles? Uh, it's been several years. What, four or five years? I, I don't think it's been quite that long. I want to say three years. Two okay. or three years is kind of what what comes to my mind. But uh, that's about how long we've been seeing trade-ins come in with bald tires and no brakes. So. <laughs> Which is the problem. Uh, and look, I, I, I'm – and the people – this might get a little political – I really, really, really pride myself on being affiliated with no party. I just like to take each issue at a time, weigh it out in my mind, and then make my decision. And when it comes to government regulation, I think there is such a thing as too much government regulation. But when it comes to safety of myself, my family, and others, I I would hope, and I think that's what the state was going for when they got rid of the safety checks. I would hope that we'd all be mature, responsible adults and do what needs to be done to keep our cars safe. That's proving to not be the case, though, George. And uh, Austin, I think if the last year has proven us anything <laughs> is that most people are not responsible, safe adults. <laughs> and and I think you can take that to the ridiculous, you know, when it comes to government regulation. But um, I, I think at one point you need to have something in place or you're, you're going to start seeing people being unsafe and causing death and dismemberment out there on the road. Yeah, and here's where I fall on, on it before we tell you the latest. We got past the, the seatbelt protests of the, what was that, the se- se- 60s or 70s, where they decided that seatbelts were required in cars and then it became a law in the what, early 90s, I think, or, or mid-90s, that you had to wear your seatbelt, and there were all kinds of up-in-arms comments and protests, and the government can't tell me what I have to and, and can't do in a car, and we all got over that. I think that the safety side of this is a lot louder than the government regulation side of it. I think that having good tires, good brakes, and great headlights, working headlights, are just as uh, it makes just as much logical sense to me as a regulation as a seatbelt does. I I don't know Austin. I saw a thing out on when when the storm came the the last big storm that UDOT was recommending that drivers don't get out on the road until 10 a.m. and and I know the roads are snowy and icy and the government's telling me to stay home or I might die, but that's infringing on my freedom and we need to keep the 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 roads open. So I'm going to drive the speed limit on untreated overpasses because I refuse to live in fear. <laughs> I, is, I see what I look at it. I see what and, you're doing. And, and there, for those yeah. who can't tell, this is very heavily laden sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> well, Senate Minority Leader Karen Maine, Democrat out of West Valley, is sponsoring uh, the, the SB 93, which would require the inspection of a vehicle's lights during an emissions test. So she's not wanting to go right back to the 160 point or whatever safety inspection but she says that while you're getting that required emissions check the mechanic or operative operative will have to also inform you that your headlights are out or cracked or broken or not bright enough and then that that's where it ends she says that there won't be any real enforcement to it my, 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 I've got a couple problems here, George. If you're going to require a safety check, even if it is just simply the headlights, but you don't include any enforcement, what are we doing? Why do it at all? If there's nothing, if there's no consequence for, for uh, you know, uh, robbing a liquor store, but it's against the law, but there's no consequence for robbing a liquor store, people are going to rob liquor stores. So making something a law that has no punishment for breaking that law is a waste of time, in my opinion. Well, here you go with your logic and your facts again, and <laughs> you know you're trying to to muddy the waters. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I I fully agree. I think you got to have some teeth to it. And the other issue I see with it is that not all counties require a, an emissions test. <clears throat> so you're going to have oh. Salt Lake County, Summit County, I think Utah County, but you won't have Summit County, Tula County probably the majority of rural counties in Utah are, aren't going to require that. So you're still not really addressing the problem as it is. Um, and yeah, if, if all they're doing is telling you, you know, your headlights out, you can't see on the road. Mm, yeah. Uh, and Davis County is like, it depends on how old your car is. And then it's like every other year for a few years. And then you have to do it every year. Uh, it's yeah, kind of messy. Yeah, and that's the other thing. It's not, it's not every year. And 
and things go out. You know, your brakes can can go bad in a year if you're not driving your car right. Or, you know, there, there's so many things that can happen that I do wish they would bring back the, the mandatory safety inspection yearly. And, you know, you see people driving up and down the canyons that that shouldn't be on, on those tires and, and causing slowdowns and accidents. And it's just, it, it's it's being, it's ridiculous. We need to get back to it. Uh, and then finally, uh, on this topic, the Utah Highway Patrol, this should, this should really be the final note on this. There were... 1,633 accidents caused by malfunctions of the car, including bad tires, worn brakes, non-working headlights, and insufficient windshield wipers. At least 734 people have been injured in those 1,600 accidents, and seven people have died. And I wonder if those seven people would still be with us if those uh, cars that they were driving or the people that hit them were driving had been required to have their brakes, tires, windshield wipers, and, and lights checked uh, when they had their emissions wow, those checked. Are some, those are some sad statistics you just read off there. Yep. So I, I get it. I get what people are uh, – they don't want the government to come in and tell them everything they can and can't do, but this is – we're talking about seven people who have died that, that shouldn't have. So 855-340-ZONE if you want to be part of the show, 855-340-ZONE. If you have a opposing opinion, we'd love to hear that as well, and – have a discussion about it, or if you have a uh, answer to the poll question, what car reminds you most of your grandparents? Eight five five three four zero zone. George, how versed are you in this whole GameStop, Bitcoin, Dogecoin, all that sort of short selling stocks and fighting against the the hedge funds? How versed are you in that whole thing? I know just enough to be dangerous, I think. Well, um, be dangerous for why us. I, which is why I've stayed away from the <laughs> whole thing. I haven't put a single penny into GameStop or Bitcoin <laughs> or, you know, I I wish I would have bought Bitcoin back in 2010 when it was like $5 a coin. But uh, those days are, are, are well past. And, you know, for those that have done well, more more power to you. And I'm glad that, uh, that, that you made some money and you did well. Uh, I know also some people have gotten pretty hurt in the whole GameStop thing. Um, you know, the stock came crashing back down to reality after a couple of days of, uh, of a stratospheric uh, growth there where it was pushing three, four hundred dollars a share. Yeah. But, you know, I think ultimately it's, it's not healthy um, for, for the market or for investors. And it's really not investing. It's, it's gambling. And, and if you want to go out and gamble and have fun with it and, and you know, that's kind of what, what you like, then great, go for it. But we need to remind ourselves that uh, this is not investing and that, uh, you know, uh, those of us that do want to invest should probably stay away from it. Uh, and hopefully it doesn't bring the whole market down when, when this thing ultimately does come crashing. And, yeah, I've seen a few reports about uh, there was one uh, artist in, I, I think it was New York, he took out a hundred thousand, or excuse me, a twenty thousand dollar personal loan from his bank and sunk it oh, all into GameStop, yeah. and of course, it's it's gone. Uh, and the reason he did that, though, he says, was based on one person's tweet, and that person was, of course, Elon Musk, and all he tweeted was the word "game stonk," which is "stonk" is slang for for stocks. And, and uh, he just tweeted game stunk. And this person believes so much in what Elon Musk is about that he took out a $20,000 personal loan, put it all on GameStop, and now it's it's completely gone. He doesn't have anything to show for it. And he is wondering if he has any legal right to sue Elon Musk for tweeting what he's deeming as uh, advice about the the stock market. The the sad thing is, or or the the answer is, he doesn't have any legal retribution, because if you take someone's advice, that's just that. It's not a legal binding agreement. It's not a contract. He can't then go back and say he tweeted Game Stonk. I put up all my money on GameStop, and now he owes me what I have lost. And that's the yeah. risk you were talking about. Yeah, that's a tough one. I think as far as having any. Uh, recourse of suing, you know, somebody just for tweeting something that's a little <laughs> bit different than giving you, you know, financial advice on, on what to do and, and it being bad advice and, and turning out badly for you. So I think, unfortunately, that 
that person is going to just have to take their loss and, you know, hopefully recoup it other ways. But uh, now there's so many sad stories. You know, I, I read about a, another teacher, I think, on the East Coast who who lost $70,000 and was contemplating suicide. And it's oh. like, gosh, you know, it's, it, it's not worth it. You know, any any amount of money you lose is, is not worth, you know, thinking about suicide or anything like that. But um, there's been a lot of people hurt. And yeah, for Elon Musk, I mean, he doesn't care. He, he may have made a hundred million dollars on it or, or lost a hundred million dollars and it's a drop in the bucket for him but mm. for a lot of folks out there that are getting hurt you know twenty twenty thousand dollars is a lot of money and they were hoping to to get rich quick and double that overnight um, like some some people did um but you know those were the few not not the many and um i think i think this uh, this one ended poorly and hopefully not others and like it Eight five five three four zero zone. If you if you sunk your uh, your fortunes into that whole frenzy and uh, and had a good or bad outcome, I'd love to hear from you. Eight five five three four zero zone. Speaking of Tesla, and this is for Eric Jensen, who's back there behind the glass. Eric uh, likes to be the the voice of the opposite uh, side when it comes to Tesla. I tend to laugh at everything and anything Tesla and Elon Musk, except their product. I think their product is very cool. And last night, Eric Jensen, I had a dream. And in said dream... I had a dream, too. I had a nightmare that I I was in a math class. A what class? A math class. Oh, math. A math. 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 Arithmetic. Arithmetic. Yes, (laughs) algebra. And uh, I was not prepared for the test, and I suck at math. And it's a recurring... I keep having these recurring nightmares about math class, but go on. Uh, well, my dream was I took a job selling Teslas. Oh. And, uh, oh, look at you. And I, P.T. I, Barnum over there. Yep. And I, I just I wanted to make sure that I came clean with you, Eric, and, and told you that I enjoyed selling those Teslas in my dream. You know, dreams, I've been doing a lot of research recently because I've, I dream every night these days. I think it's something with the pandemic. All that meth class. Yeah. Math class. Yeah. <laughs> math. Mm-hmm. Math. Uh, well, but uh, yeah, it, it's, it, you know, dreams are part of your subconscious. So subconsciously, you might love Tesla. Well, and that's, I think, why I did dream last night about Tesla is I was reading this article about how the whole semi-frenzy, George, surrounding Tesla, where they were going to make all these semis and Walmart and all kinds of people had uh, thrown a whole bunch of millions of hundreds of millions of dollars Tesla's way to make these things. Uh, well, it's all on hold until and, and, and you know, these things happen. It's been delayed a few times and it's on hold and you think, OK, but it's coming soon. Right. Well, the problem is the semi-production is on hold until the company can make its own batteries. I don't know how long or how short of a time that's going to be, but it's it's in my opinion that that might take a while, George for Tesla to be able to create their own battery for the Tesla Semi before these things are going to start rolling around. Yeah, that might take a while. So what you're saying really is the new uh, release date is TBD uh, to be determined. So, um, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I always thought they were being way overly optimistic when they were talking about, I think they were talking about this year releasing the the Semi. And, uh, I mean, that would have been cool. But like many things that uh, Mr. Musk says, they never quite pan out the way uh, <laughs> the way he, he first presents them. And here's his quote on the matter. And he goes, it, it, I mean, it's a word pretzel. He says, quote, the main reason we've not accelerated new products is like, for example, Tesla Semi, is that we simply don't have enough cells for it. If we were to make the Semi like right now, which we could easily go into production with the Semi, but we would not have enough cells for it right now. We will have enough sales for semi when we are producing the Tesla 4680 in volume. Close quote. What was yeah, that? that? Is what is word, that? Word pretzel. <laughs> what is he? What is he say? He's saying nothing. He says. So I the, think if if I heard you right, he said that we would make the truck if we had demand for it, but we don't have demand for it, so we're going to wait until we can make it to increase the demand. Uh, excuse me. By sales. He doesn't mean S-A-L-E-S. It's Oh, I'm sorry. I was cells, like battery cells. That's okay. my Utah accent uh, throwing you there. <laughs> cells. Math, math, cells, cells. You know, <laughs> <yeah>. we... <laughs> I hear what I want to hear. You know, I hear meth and I hear sales. Uh, no, not sales, cells, 
as in battery cells. cells. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and so again, we don't have enough cells for it, but we could go into production. But we don't have enough cells. But we could sell cells if we had enough cells for the cells. That's essentially that quote. Yeah. So, yeah. and that's what he does. And that's speaking of P.T. Barnum, he sells you on hope and dreams and in the future, and then takes your money and spends it elsewhere. That's what he's doing. There you go, buying some Bitcoin. Yep. By the way, Bitcoin. I did not realize you said it was. You wish you'd bought it back in the day. One Bitcoin's like fifty-seven thousand dollars today. Yeah, that, gone up a lot. That's that's that's. And, but I don't know anything about it. I don't know. Can you? Can you then turn around and sell that Bitcoin to someone else? I don't know. I, I, but and don't. Yeah, you advice. you can. I mean, there's there's Bitcoin marketplaces, there's all sorts of Bitcoin trading and going on. And I mean, a, a Bitcoin is worth what someone's willing to pay for it, right? So right now, there's more demand for Bitcoin than there are Bitcoins. Therefore, the price is going up. Um, so I think Tesla bought some Bitcoin, and they made more money on the Bitcoin in like two weeks. Than they made all of last year selling cars. Huh. Wow. So goes to show you kind of how volatile that market is right now. But it's it's not going to go up forever. 855-340-ZONE. If you'd like to be part of the show, 855-340-ZONE. Good news for those of us who really, really detest those who camp in the left lane on the freeway or the highway or wherever. The Utah Highway Patrol has rolled out a campaign for the month of February where they are really enforcing left lane camping, as they're calling it. Uh, The left lane, a.k.a. the passing lane, is just that. It's a passing lane. Please only use this lane when you're overtaking a vehicle or getting into the HOV lane, the Utah Highway Patrol wrote on its Facebook page. The The post was written because of the, quote, many cars across the state camped in the left lane when traveling it is the duty of the operator operator to travel in the right travel lanes blah 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 blah. a lot of harumphing here from the utah highway patrol but the fact remains you use the left lane to pass you get back on over you don't get in the left lane and then hold up everyone behind you if if somebody wants to go 160 miles an hour in the left lane it is not you it is not your responsibility, Joe Justice out there, to hold that person back from doing so. It's the Highway Patrol's responsibility. And I'm exaggerating, obviously, but honestly, if I want to go 76 in a 75, but you're going 62 in the left lane, I ain't going to be happy with you. And it is against the law, and I'm grateful to see that the Utah Highway Patrol is getting out there, George, and enforcing things like this because it can become dangerous. Oh yeah, I'm I'm all for this. Let's let's enforce it. Um, and and in Utah, it's it's not that bad. But really, if you go other places in Europe and you camp out on the left lane, you might die. Like it's dangerous. People will come flying at you at 160 miles an hour. That's not a joke. I mean, it doesn't happen here in here in Utah, but you know, it, it is good that they're starting to enforce that. So I'm I'm all for it. I was I was hoping you'd say that the Utah Highway Patrol was rolling out a new left lane feature where if you're going over or under 70 miles an hour it'll just change lanes for you and it'll take you automatically into the right lane yeah that would have been cool they, they also add something here and i hear this uh co- concept brought up all the time the concept of going with the flow of traffic and they say look there's a fine line here between using that left lane to speed up and overtake a vehicle to get, then get back over and just simply getting in that left lane and going 83 because the quote flow of traffic is going 83 they're not going to accept that as an as a excuse when they pull you over and you say well the car next to me was also going i was just going with the flow well they got you for speeding not the car next to you you're still going to get hit with a ticket so yeah, you better be going 90 to pass him in the fast lane <laughs> that's, that's, that's not for me that's from george i didn't say to go 90 i'm just kidding 855-340-ZONE. Let's get out to the phone lines, George, before we take uh, our second break. Mike is uh, joining us. Hi, Mike. Good morning. Hey, Mike. Hey, guys. How you doing? We're great. What's going on, buddy? Good. So you guys are talking about the left lane loafers, and I, yeah, just on my way to work right now, I just got to work, but it was killing me. There was one guy who was actually in the HOV lane, and coming up from Sandy, you know, the HOV lane is actually free to all right now. 
And he was hanging out over there. But once you get up to the Murray area, you know, it turns back into the HOV. You have to get back over. But he was in the far HOV lane before it turned back into HOV. And he was getting really upset at this car that was next to him. He was going maybe 90, 95 miles an hour. But then he gets stuck in the HOV behind this guy. <laughs> and he was going to be exiting pretty soon. But he decided that he wanted to make his point. So he crosses over the double line, Ugh. cuts the guy that was in front of him off, and then, like, does that big point to the right thing, you know, get over, I'm going faster than you type of thing. And then he just scrams all the way to the right, like, cuts across all lanes of traffic to his exit within a matter of seconds. So left lane loafers are definitely an issue, but this guy was going super fast. So I'm kind of playing a little bit of devil's advocate here. No, but, sure, yeah. You know, it was, like, People are going to do what they're going to do, and they're going to be wrong when they're doing that type of stuff. But, yeah, it was it was just something I thought was kind of funny, ironic. Yeah, well, we're talking today about uh, cars uh, that remind you of your grandparents. Well, one of these saying the, the saying, uh, two rights don't make a or two wrongs don't make a right, reminds me of my grandparents, and that's exactly the, the case here. Just because the person's going slow in the left lane doesn't give you also the right Joe Justice to make sure they know that they're going too slow in the left lane. Now, that's, right. a, that's a good point, Mike. Well, and to I your point, the HOV lane is not a passing lane. That's a, right. that, the HOV lane, he should pass to the right at that point. to pass, You know what I mean? You don't expect the person in the HOV lane to get over for you if you're going 90. <laughs> right. That's a good point. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for listening. Thanks for calling in. Absolutely, guys. Have a good one. That's Mike, 855-340-Zoning. Yeah, good point, George, because – the HOV lane, I, I I don't like to take the HOV lane for one reason, actually two reasons. I never know when I'm going to need to get out of the HOV lane because I don't take it often enough to know when the exit's coming uh, and when the little dotted line's going to show up. But also, most mostly, I don't take the HOV lane because I want to go 75 in it, and a lot of people go 60 in the HOV lane. Yeah. And it's it's not my job. It shouldn't be my expectation that when that dotted line comes up that they're going to move over let me pass in the HOV lane, and then they're going to get back into the HOV lane. It's better and safer for me to either slow down and keep that distance between me and them ahead of me or to just get out of the HOV lane and find a, a, a more open lane to travel in at the speed I'd like to travel in. Yeah, no, I agree, and uh, I'm glad I'm not the only one that has uh, HOV exit anxiety. <laughs> 855-340-ZONE if you want to be part of the show. We've got another hour coming up next. Need to talk about uh, we've had a lot of plant shutdowns in the last year for many different reasons, COVID, uh, weather. Well, there's a different plant that uh, that is shutting it down that we talked about at the start of the show. We need to get an update on what's going on with the microchip plants in South Korea and China and how that's uh, holding things up in the car industry. Also, a bipartisan group up on the hill here in Utah is wanting you to breathe a little easier. What are they doing? What are they suggesting? We'll get into that and more. 855-340-ZONE to be part of the show next here on Utah Car Sense.